0: Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, December eighth, twenty sixteen. So we're talking about energy, materials, and industrials. I'm your host Sean O'Reilly, and I am joined in studio by the one, the only, Mr. Taylor Muckerman. How are you today, sir? You let me back on the show. I I missed you. What is this two yeah, right. two multiple weeks that we haven't hung out? I. Miss you. I forgot what you look like.
1: I don't know much about airline investing, so yeah, it's probably a good idea
0: to sub me out. Well, I week. couldn't. I couldn't believe it because I set up that show with Adam. um, You know, a week or so in advance, because like, hey, Adam, you know, I want to talk about Buffett and airlines. Are you willing to join me? And then OPEC cut production that week, and I was like, I, and then he was actually very knowledgeable on the subject. Where's your crystal um, ball when I'm around? Yeah. Right. Um <laughs> I, I, I haven't told you about it yet.
1: Okay, secret's out.
0: Um, I did get to talk to last week Adam Levine Weinberg about uh, the OPEC cut. Mm-hmm. We we talked about it for I don't know five six minutes or whatever. But uh, I did want to talk to you about it. Um, how surprised were you? Were you like elated? Were you like oh I don't believe them at all? They're gonna cheat? What what's going on in the mind of uh, Taylor Markman right now?
1: I was kind of surprised. You saw the Saudi Arabia took the took it on the chin. They they took the bulk of the cut. I mean, they had the bulk of the production. They wanted this bad, but yeah, they did want it badly, and um, it shows They they gave they gave in to the demands of Libya, Iraq, and Iran. Maybe not to the fullest extent that those countries might have wanted, but um, they did allow them to keep production kind of where it's at. Rather rather than a cut, they pretty much just installed a ceiling um, on those three countries. So. It worked. Prices are up.
0: Yeah, the uh temporarily at least. Temper yeah, it, it took a breather yesterday, yeah. not that we care about daily prices or anything. Um boy, the uh oil sector's been a good sector to own last couple of weeks oil, in tandem.
1: Oil and banks, yeah, they're ripping, man.
0: The uh yeah, post uh Trump's election too. Well,
1: he's got a few things that uh he's he said, you know, that right. obviously energy producers or people investing in energy stocks might want to hear.
0: Yeah, so I'm really uh, so this week we're hearing that OPEC's now going around to all the non-OPEC major oil producers, and uh, they're trying to you know get them to cut. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. we'll see how I'm laughing. Did you hear that they are going to accept natural decline rates as part of the cuts that they're looking non-OPEC producers to make? I did not see that. Isn't that like? it's like a wolf, playing woofle ball. It's like <laughs> I mean, it's tough to hit or No, it just sounds ridiculous. Oh. Like of course that's going to happen. Right. Like, yeah, why? I mean, it's the natural it's the beauty of this, this beast. This is the circle of life, yeah. like you're talking about
1: <laughs> especially when you're talking about US oil right. decline rates. I don't think Russia's experiencing the same kind of decline rates cuz they have more conventional oil,
0: but Right. Yeah. So, um yeah, I just thought that was ridiculous. Um, so, do you are you taking OPEC at their word? What do you has this changed your investment philosophy over up there in uh, full Canada? With you know, it's obviously you don't do any producers; you do mostly uh, midstream stuff. Uh, but
1: as far as our recommendations, yeah, I mean, you keep your eye on the producers
0: because um, they pay you as you know as the pipeline companies or yeah. the
1: services companies. Yeah, so you you definitely want to maintain an eye on their level of activity, and that's purely price. Dictated by price nowadays, because um, you know, OPEC's cutting because we're oversupplied, not because uh, we have so much demand that that would be illogical. Um, So, companies are on the producing side are strictly making money on higher prices now. No one's really going out there and ramping up production. I don't think we'll see a production a production boom like we saw in over the last several years. Again in the U.S. for I mean at least in this presidential term, if not a handful of more, um, if ever, because it's purely price dictated now. Right. I mean, prices are in the fifties. It looks great compared to January. Right. But not so Bottoming so out at twenty-seven to, dollars. Yeah. In your <laughs> not so bad. Not so. Not so great compared to uh, summer two thousand fourteen.
0: Uh, so moving on to uh, something we briefly mentioned which is the election of Donald J Trump as President of the United States. What is his uh, middle
1: name? I don't uh, I don't even know. I think it's
0: James. Okay. Yeah, anyway. Some Americans uh, I know it's J.
1: Yeah, I know it's Jay as well.
0: He recently made his pick for the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, yeah. um tell, Scott, Scott Pruitt. T- talk to me. Wh- who is Scott Pruitt?
1: Well, I'm just going to say one word and you might you might figure out, you know, which angle he, he's leading towards and um that's Oklahoma, oh boy. which is where he's from. Oh boy. So he's very outspoken about the fossil fuel industry, you're going to tell and, me and to he's a backer of I don't know all of his background, but um, his state is very highly dependent on the production of fossil fuels. Right. So uh, he's definitely come out and I think publicly, you know, bashed the EPA before he took this position. So I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be able to do some some knocking of heads from the inside out now.
0: What um, do we know anything else about likely policy changes and how this is going to affect oil companies? You know, you got continental resources down there in Oklahoma, I believe. Yeah, Uh, well, I mean, at least headquarters. I don't think he's
1: going to specify state state specific regulations, but um, I I do expect you know them to try to follow through on some things that. Uh, Donald Trump talked about during his campaign and has talked about after his campaign because uh, he
0: has he did talk about it you know in the episode where he you know talked about his energy policies yeah um, I mean he's, he talked he about federal lands doing that a lot more deregulating
1: and, oil a little bit more uh, freeing up uh, he wants to bring back the coal industry however if I mean if he can do that he can do anything
0: like snap your fingers because right?
1: I mean yeah when you look globally this is about
0: economics this is not it's, about yeah it's
1: economics purely oil as well like you can say all you want about being able to bring or trying to bring back jobs to these sectors but it's it's dependent on a global demand and supply uh balance and natural s- gas is a
0: yeah. wonderful substitute. So. Yeah and it's
1: and it's still fairly uh reasonably priced compared to coal but you're seeing massive demand centers talk about how they're only going to Allow coal production of electricity in their countries for the next 13 to 30 years. You talk about Canada phasing it out completely by 2030. Uh, they just announced that recently. They get around 7% of their electricity from coal. Uh, France, even faster, they want to get rid of coal by 2023. It, yeah. Only 3% of their electricity there comes from go. coal, but still. Um, Fairly big country, so three percent is probably a still fairly meaningful uh, amount of demand. Uh, Germany wants to get rid of it by 2050, half of their demand by 2030. Finland, the largest of these big countries, that kind of, uh, they use 12 percent of their electricity comes from coal, and they're targeting 2030 as well. So. Well, and even China, all of these countries are talking about getting rid of it.
0: And China, they're pollution worries; they're getting rid of all their coal plants. I mean, this is. I think they have a similar
1: target date uh, of 2030. Between 2030 and 2050, Um, the U.S. doesn't have a. I don't think we have a specific date in mind. We have seen uh, more than a handful of utilities shed a lot of coal assets uh, in favor of natural gas. And when you look at a company like American Electric Power. Uh, that they get about 60 percent of their electricity from coal so if Donald Trump does free up the coal industry a little bit maybe they benefit but again um, you need demand and it's disappearing over the next 20 to 30 years right completely almost
0: um, this is entirely speculative but I did want to talk to you briefly about it so we you know Donald Trump won he's got this EPA uh, new head and mm-hmm. he he's from Oklahoma yeah take that for what you will wink. Do you shale oil and the oil industry did pretty well under Donald Trump's predecessor? Mm-hmm. Are we to expect just gangbusters even more deregulation? So shale oil is going to go crazier? Like what?
1: Again, like the, it did great under President Obama for nothing that he did. Right. I mean, it was just technological ab- advances. It was an abundance and- of technological advances and an abundance of newly. Uh, acquirable oil reserves uh, because of those technological advances, and it caught everyone off guard, OPEC included, which is why they decided to
0: not cut, uh, not two cut in
1: 2014, ago. almost yeah. a little over two years ago. Yeah, November 24th, I think. Um, I had just come out of national national park, turned my cell phone on, and saw oil that falling. oil was down by 50. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> <laughs> so that was a that was a nice surprise. Happy I'm Thanksgiving, munching <laughs> on some Texas barbecue. Um, but uh, yeah, so might see a little bit more shale activity but I, mm-hmm. I don't i don't see it and i mean if you do you want to stick with the with those big biggest and brightest players and if you look at oklahoma and texas that's eog and pioneer natural resources
0: yeah so uh, actually on that note mm-hmm. we you know opec just cut production for the first time in 8 years and they did it in earnest i mean the last time they did this um that wasn't recession based was I mean, like 2000, 2001 or something mm-hmm. Um. Let this doesn't happen every day, so we got to talk. You know, oil stocks. What is does this make Pioneer EOG Chesapeake even? You know, they're a little bit more trouble because of that balance sheet. But what should shareholders or potential investors in the oil sector be thinking right now?
1: Um, I think you could look at companies that maybe have a lot of inventory of wells that are drilled but not fracked, because um, that's the last stage, so they can bring those on quite quickly um, if oil prices do do rise further or or kind of plateau. And we just where named they, where a couple of
0: them, right? I mean, EOG's got. Yeah,
1: they're one of the big. They're the biggest independent oil producer in the United States, um, and they have some of the best acreage. Their management team is extremely. Respected in the industry. Um, they're fairly integrated. They have the ability to supply some, if not all, of their own sand in a lot of the basins that they operate in. Um, they're able to take oil away from their well sites on their own and get it to the pipelines. And again, the acreage is just prime for this company. And uh, if you look at Oklahoma in particular, the, the Permian Basin, which Everyone is raving about the opportunity here uh, in terms of the size and the scale that can be achieved. Pioneer is the largest acreage holder there, and uh, a very good operator with the ability to grow production at fifteen percent a year in the environment that we're in is pretty impressive.
0: So, um, before we head out here, um, your your speciality is the midstream guys, like, yeah, all that. What? How does this affect like? You know Kinder Morgan. Does this all of a sudden make them more attractive? Because obviously everybody's going to be paying their bills again. Mm-hmm. Not well, again, but you know
1: what I mean. Yeah. Well, you can renegotiate a little bit more, um, which the services companies are trying to do, um, trying to bring those prices back up because people saw the the cost of producing oil go way down. But that's not only because of technological advances; it's also because of concessions from companies like Halliburton and Baker Hughes and Schlumberger. And so once they try to recoup that a little bit. You're gonna see the cost of oil, uh, producing oil, go up a little bit because it was kind of a handout to keep these companies running uh, during the downturn.
0: That's a really good point so, that I don't think many people are talking yeah,
1: about. Yeah. So the cost of the cost per barrel of oil um, is likely to tick up a little bit because of that, because of these contract renegotiations, because Halliburton and Baker Hughes and Schlumberger, um, who handle probably the vast majority of oil production and natural gas production in the United States. And worldwide, over fifty percent, I would imagine. Um, these guys were giving some handouts to keep their customers in in business and keep the oil and natural gas flowing. And now it's their turn to say, "All right, we gotta we gotta mean revert a little bit here, right. price wise." So got it. Um, but on the on the midstream side, Kinder Morgan is a company that. Uh, you know, we recommend in our Pro Canada service. It's widely recommended here at the Motley Fool in general. And I don't necessarily look at them benefiting from the deregulation side, but if taxes get cut, like Donald Trump has has said he wants to, um, all the way down to a 15% flat corporate tax, that would be extraordinary. Um, the oil and gas sector is, over the last five years, has been the most heavily taxed in the United States. You're looking at uh, an effective tax around 38.7 percent, a little you bit com- higher than the comp- 35. Yeah, a little bit higher. Yeah, and yeah. You, look, you compare that to biotech, 19 percent. Insurance twenty point two percent and pharma twenty point five percent. So those three sectors So just to clarify uh, for almost the,
0: half for the layman is that um, basically they took the entire sectors and then said, okay, what is the total amount that the sector paid in taxes? What's the total gross income or whatever? And yeah. That's the percentage. Yeah,
1: that's that's uh well gross they take their earnings before taxes and then and then, and okay. then you, you apply that. So that's the effective tax rate of those sectors from two thousand ten to two thousand fifteen. Right. Um so when you look at insurance, maybe Maybe that's why Warren Buffett didn't really care if it, if corporate taxes were cut or not uh-huh. Berkshire's the truth comes got out. all those insurance companies under its umbrella. Um, but with Kinder Morgan in particular, they were the highest taxed last year on an effective tax basis.
0: So that's all the local taxes and the state yeah, so like you're like 73% of, international oh taxes,
1: domestic taxes. Um, so if you if you trim that down to an even more conservative amount, um, if you take that down to twenty five percent say, they would have saved an extra three hundred seventy one million dollars last year. Whew. Which accounts to which amounts to about ten percent of their long term debt, which has been a stated goal of theirs to pay down. Right. So right there, you knock ten percent off your long term debt.
0: Well and that ups and, your, your interest coverage ratio, which allows them to increase a yep. dividend. I mean that
1: might get their credit rating back up to where it used to be. And yeah, the long term goal here is to get that dividend back up to where it was before the cut and um that would help. freeing up ten percent of your long term debt to pay down would certainly accelerate that
0: process. Awesome. Well thank you for your thoughts, Mr. Markerman. You got it, thank Have you. Have a good one. You too. And before uh, we head out, I wanted to take a special uh, second to give a shout out to our producer, Mister Austin Morgan. Austin, we love you. And uh, before we conclude our podcast, do you own an Amazon Echo? You can now get a brand new skill from the Motley Fool. You can get stock quotes, create a watch list, ask Alexa how your portfolio is doing, and it is all free. For more details, go to and, and including a demo of how it works. Just go to www.fool.com/alexa. Lastly, uh, thank you, Mr. Markman, again for joining me on the show.
1: Yeah, and one more thing: we have a Motley Fool flash briefing. You can add so Ooh, when you when you go on, when you say Alexa, give me the news. That'll be a flash Boom. briefing, and it's minute thirty clip on one big header news topic of the day. Do you do
0: that twenty times a day?
1: No, uh, it's only <laughs> once a day, and oh, okay. uh, we we generally have an analyst for Market foolery stick around after the show awesome. and, and tape that. Yeah,
0: cool. And As always, people in this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool might have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Taylor Markerman, I'm Sean O'Reilly, thanks for listening, and Fool on!